What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey friends, we'd like to invite you to go check out a really cool project titled Nihilus. It's directed by Logan Solana and produced by Chance McDuffie. The talented folks at Clubhouse Films are putting together a Star Wars fan film called Nihilus. They shot their teaser trailer at the OHD Studios in Columbus, Ohio. These filmmakers have poured so much of their effort into this project and we'd love for you to see it. Be sure to follow their social media account at Nihilus Film. That's N-I-H-I-L-U-S Film. You can also check out their other projects at Clubhouse Films Official. All links can be found down in the description. Thanks for your support and may the force be with you. May the force be with us. So be it. Use the force <laughs> Greetings, exalted ones. Welcome back to Star Wars Hangout. I'm your host, Ezra, Gold Leader. Adobe One Kenobi, your friendly space wizard and current member of the Council of Elders. And friends, we are back with Andor Episode 6, The Eye. Here to break it all down with me is my trusty Padawan learner, the Tashi to my station, the power to my converters, with a pure heart of Kyber. Please welcome my wonderful co-pilot and yours, Ladina Berry. Hello there. Welcome back to the best Star Wars hangout in the galaxy. We are here at Home One. What's on the scouting report today, sweetie? So, today on the scouting report, we have the Nihilus fan film which we're going to talk about. Uh, you guys probably heard of like a little reel for that, a little intro talking about it. I definitely want you guys to go check that out. We're going to talk about Master Yaddle concept art and Liam Neeson's son now is young Qui-Gon Jinn. Help me, Liam Neeson is, is old Qui-Gon? Yeah. Wow. Qui-Gon, yeah. So uh, just kind of wild. And then Andor Season 1, Episode 6, The Eye. So all of these things are going to be coming up in today's episode. But before we do all of that, let's do a quick Home One debriefing. That's what I'm calling it now, sweetie. The Home One debriefing, where we where we sort of uh, tell folks what's up, how things have been here uh, on Akbar's, you know, ship. So, how you been? You been all right? Yeah, we're, we're enjoying a lot of shows at the moment. <laughs> like a yes, lot. Yes, we are. <laughs> a lot of TV shows that we're watching, we're trying to catch up, uh, and we're recording a lot. 
so that's fun that's been fun and and exhausting and exhausting so we had to cut down on some of the things but it's yeah it all comes down you know to what we really enjoy and yeah yeah that's why it's it's help it's always a learning process when you find out when you find yourself in a very stressful position you got to make choices you do you got to make choices you got to decide what do you have to do right when you are faced with stressful things really we talked about this the other day we're on a long walk you and i and we talked about your foundation right having a strong foundation and like good habits and things to kind of lean into you know, because we have been, we've been kind of cr- like crazy. This is the first time I think we've done an and or episode where we've actually seen the episode twice, only because we had to wait till Sunday to record it. So we'll hopefully yeah. we'll get it out today or tomorrow uh, for folks. But yeah, it's been so, because we've been so busy. I think we had the season finale of Rings of Power, uh, which was wild, absolutely crazy. We were, we we're uh, down in the Shire of America, hmm. down in Amanda, Ohio with my good friend Lane. And it was, it was a great time. We had tons of friends down there. We set Tons up on Friday. Yeah, I mean, he threw an epic party. It was, uh, it was, it was quite wild. So we did that. We were there all day. Um, recorded super late, uh, and then we had uh, like I feel like a recovery day yesterday. But also, yeah. what did we even do? Don't ask me. I, I forget. don't know. I forget. I, 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 I isn't that crazy? <laughs> Literally, I'm looking at you, and my eyes are blanking uh, because. Yeah, we slept in for a little bit. Uh, I think we went for some. Major oh yeah, walks no, we went we uh, to Kenyon to Gambier. Oh my goodness! Yes, that was beautiful. We just sneaked in there. Yeah. It was uh, bring your parents weekend, and we were just like, uh, we don't go to school here. We have no parents, but hey, we enjoy yeah. free cake and coffee. I know it got real awkward when some lady came up to me and she's like, "Hi, sir. So you and your daughter?" <laughs> she did um, not I'm say, "Come on." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, no, we did. We if you ever get a chance to go to um, to that campus, it's considered one of the most beautiful college campuses I think in the nation. Oh, it looks so stunning yeah. right now in the fall. Yeah, it's just great. It was it was awesome. So um, yeah, they had coffee. They had all sorts of uh, goodies and treats and stuff, which they were just handing out to anybody walking I know, around. So and I was they like, were so good. Uh, okay, well, like you cinnamon know, rolls with um, what yeah, do they some call it? Uh, frosting. Icing. Yeah, yeah, frosting. Yeah, I that's that school does so well, and there's just such a good uh, community and stuff. But yeah, you can just go in for free, watch their football game, enjoy some of their sports, and they get to feature some uh, some of their student athletes and stuff. So it was really cool. But we just got we wanted to get out, I think, and just sort of relax. Like you've been talking, we've been super busy the last uh, couple weeks, and I think this whole Rings of Power. Actually, when Rings of Power started, I was still doing some stuff uh, for like House of the Dragon. You yeah. know, I was still working with Matt a little bit on that, and. I mean, and then taking college courses, and you've been working full time. I've been working. It's been crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. as well as lots of paperwork and different stuff. So we just kind of want to uh, throw that out there. If we ever seem a little hectic or crazy over here, you're like, "What's going on? What's going on there, Asmund? What are you guys? What are you guys up to? Uh, just different things." And so we we figured once in a while we'd like to kind of debrief and and talk. And actually, I'm realizing right now, it's good for me to just think back on what did we do yesterday. We need a moment to just think through that, you know? So uh, anyway, I actually have my, my students sometimes, they ask me like, you know, I actually sometimes will ask them, what did we do yesterday? Oh my and gosh. And I'm the teacher. Like, I mean, I have I have my notebook, which I can go just open up. Uh, but I'm like, mm, wait, yeah. with this group, did we get there? It's just quicker to ask them sometimes. They're like, oh my gosh. Also, we we met Bob yesterday. We met Thanks Bob. Thanks to you. Oh my gosh. So we went and got some food. 
And I don't know. I, I, I you, you never know who, who you're going to encounter. And I just, we saw Bob, we were at, um, we were at a restaurant, we were just having some breakfast. It's a popular restaurant and it was packed. We Sat- thought Saturday morning, it's we packed, thought yeah. 1030, nobody's going to be there still trying to get breakfast. Everybody and their brother was in there trying to get <laughs> breakfast on, on that Saturday morning. So yeah, we're, we're sitting there. We finally got our seat. Uh, people who were like not ahead of us in line were like snagging seats and like, it was just crazy. So we see Bob standing there and, and I think Bob was, oh, I would say, I would say close to 90. Oh yeah. Or over Super 90. Old. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, having and, trouble to yeah, keep he was, his balance. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. And no one would really give up their, their seat. I mean, it took, you know, people were fighting for, for chairs in there. Yeah. So we Tables. had, yeah. we had a, a table of, you know, four top and we could, we could fit two more people for sure. So, uh, I saw Bob standing there and I said, Bob, come on. You know, I, I, I also joke all the time that I'm a member of the council of elders. And so <laughs> I just, I've always had an old wizard spirit and I just really enjoy, um, and I kind of grew up in, in with my dad being a minister, like going to different nursing homes and stuff like that or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm just used to kind of, uh, I, I just, there's so much that they can offer and, and there's so many life experiences that they've had. It was good conversation, just a nice guy and, yeah. uh, sat down and said some nice things. So shout out to him, plays the organ, plays the organ. Yeah. Which is which wild is because that tough. takes a yeah. lot of coordination, right? Mm-hmm. And he seemed to have trouble just holding the water cup, the, the cup of water. Yeah, I think so. he he's he doesn't play it as much now. Mm-hmm. It's something that he's he's taken a hiatus from. But um, yeah, anyways, local guy just wanted to uh, yeah give him a shout out because <laughs> it's just it's random experiences like that that I think are interesting. You know, I, I whenever I get close to so we're coming into the Halloween sort of and you know this this holiday season right. So you have Halloween, then you've got Thanksgiving, and then you've got Christmas. And I don't know why. I, maybe it's because my mom maybe watched all these Hallmark movies back in the day. But I would um, see in those Hallmark movies, uh, someone is. I think they could be at a bar. They could be just out at a diner, and they see someone who is in need. And it could be you know someone who is falling on hard times. It could be someone elderly or whatever. And you will you, in that in those Hallmark movies. You invite that person over. Yeah. You do something kind. I think we all would do that. I think that's what what a lot of people, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe everyone's watching Hallmark movies. And Hallmark's changing our <laughs> lives, but but like it's just what we would do. We we want to be kind and good to each other. And uh, you invite those people over, and in the movies, it always ends up being either like an angel, one of Santa's helpers, or someone <laughs> spiritual True. or something. So yeah. or just a really you know awesome individual who you get to kind of meet uh, along life's journey. But I've always like had that vision going into Christmas of me out and about and some mystic guy walking in, sitting down and talking to me or whatever. And then he, he leaves and I go out to look for him and it's been snowing and I look for footprints to see which way did he go to his car and there's no footprints. You know, one of those moments you're like, whoa, yeah. was that? Who was? Am I just talking to myself or was that somebody... <laughs> Anyways, uh, just kind of had a, a fun moment. But yeah, uh, the holiday holiday spirit is is upon us. So uh, it's going to be spooky for a while. Then we're going to eat a whole bunch. And uh, and then we're going to be, you know, giving gifts or whatever. So many, can so much candy flying around this house right now. Yeah, it's kind of insane. The problem is yeah. I have like no willpower when it comes to that. Right. I need to like get rid of all of it. And then if it's not here, I'm fine. Yeah. But if it's all around me, it's... It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know. That's okay, though. It's going to be a test. All right? it it's going to be a test yeah. for Will, which is going to be fine. Because right. Oh, by the way, so I've mentioned to a few different friends and some of you who, who listen to this podcast, uh, if anyone's interested in some sort of challenge, whether it be a fitness challenge or something, even just drinking Ooh. water challenge, 
I've been thinking, I told you I wanted to kind of just mention it on the podcast and start to get the conversation, you know, rolling if people like those holiday challenges, like for November, going 21 days and just saying, okay, you know, I'm going to get out and walk for 20 minutes every single day. And I'm going to drink this amount of water. Yeah. Check, check. And you, you had different ideas. So we're not, uh, we haven't decided on anything, but yeah. I think it's fun. I think we'll do our own challenge. You but and, it would be fun I. to do it with other people together, yeah, yeah. yeah. and to hold each other accountable. And we try to come up with good names, like fandom-related names. Oh, I remember boy. You, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the uh, Christmas challenge. Where we were like, okay, back to the borough challenge or something back like, to you the know, get ready for yeah. Christmas at the borough. And then you were like, what about the Molly Wobbles challenge? Oh, the Molly Wobbles challenge. <laughs> Shout wow. out to our Harry Potter Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, we'll have to come up with some Star Wars with names too. With a good too. Star Wars name. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, we, we it would just be kind of fun, I think, to do it. I think people are, are you know, it's fun to do that with, with friends and something small. So n- nothing, because everyone has their own different routines and, and right. stuff that they're, that they're doing. But something that we all could kind of, um, you know, we all need to drink a little bit more water, I think, and... and Moving's good for you if you can get up and take a walk Gryffindor or do something. Gryffindor grind. Gryffindor grind, baby. What Let's go. Hufflepuff. Uh, Hufflepuff hustle. hustle. Hufflepuff hustle. Let's say that fast, right? Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff hustle. hustle. Hufflepuff hustle. <laughs> uh, we said we said uh, Ravenclaw rage. Rage. Wow, it's crazy. We didn't have anything for Slytherin really. We said like Slytherin slam. Slam jam. I don't know. <laughs> what? We'll have to come Give up with something. Give us a good, yeah, something. Yeah. Or if you guys have any, have any, have any cool uh, ideas for like Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. You know, the way of the Jedi. I don't know. Some sort of training routine we can go through. Yeah. But be fun. It's good to challenge your mind, your body. You know, people do like book reading challenges and all sorts of yeah. stuff, which are, which are fun. So, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, friends, yeah, just a quick little debriefing there here at uh, Home One. Just wanted to kind of share some stuff with you guys as we dive into the scouting report. So... We went to an awesome Nihilist film. Like, we were we were on set. I don't know if you guys get a chance to sort of see on social media. If you follow me at Star Wars Hangout uh, 77 or if you follow Fleur and Bill, you will have seen some awesome photos. We're going to start promoting that even more. I think in the, in the coming days we're going to have some um, possibly some concept art and some other things that we'll be able to share about this film. Fun. So, I, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, so Chance and Logan – uh, put this on my good buddy uh, Cameron Hansen. He kind of reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in popping on and just just coming down to the set, checking it out, seeing what we're doing?" So Darth Nihilus is like there in costume with his mask and uh, just just everything. They had this huge, I guess you would call it kind of like a volume. Um, and so when they film the Mandalorian, they do a lot of this stuff in a studio with all these screens. And they can sort of project the the background or the right. environment or the planet that you're on. So this this small uh, theater, this was Ohio HD Studios. They had their own like half volume. We only saw one of the rooms, the smaller room. Actually, we were in the smaller of their two studios, and uh, we got to see this film behind the scenes. There were lightsabers. There were there was like a, a I think I think she was playing a smuggler or something some sort of uh, character who was a mercenary i'm not exactly sure um but the you know nihilus was was chasing uh this this smuggler and she was trying to get away and it was just a teaser trailer you mm-hmm. know it was just just a quick uh you know shot here and there and they they had they built like a set and they had the stars like cameron like pushes the camera out the window you see the stars you pull back in and then you see all yeah. the action going on in this hallway scene and i just thought wow 
it was it was such an experience. What did you think, sweetie? Did did you enjoy it? I mean, oh yeah, it was so cool to see how much yeah. work goes into that you know short short trailer. Right, it's a whole work day for them. But yeah, it was so yeah. cool to see how they you know they they don't just shoot it once and then they're good, but they have different varieties of the scene. And Cameron definitely uh, was on top. He was like, oh yeah, you know, he knew what he oh. was talking about. He uh, everyone asked him. Ideas, um, thoughts about ideas, right? And yeah. the, but they were all super like just everyone was sharing. Yeah, it was cool. And stuff, the right? I I liked how the atmosphere was just like everyone can add their own ideas if right. they wanted to, and everyone was working hard together to make the best scene. Yeah, I have to say it. It, it was an open set so people could kind of come in, you know, and and talk and chat and just sort of sit. There's a lounge area where, where you yeah. can sit and watch this. So Logan, uh, the the director, was super awesome. Just really inviting. Come on in. Yes. Blah blah. Not that you super and I nice. knew anything about film. No. But, but I, I mean, I, he was so open to ideas. He would have. I mean, if you had an idea, he'd been. He would have heard you. I'm like, okay, awesome. You know, and then like just. Yeah. just I mean, even if he thought it was terrible, yeah. and he just was open to listen to to his crew. And I was like, dang. Mm. Mm-hmm. This was really just fun. And so yeah. to be there was really cool. Um, so again, it's Nihilus Film. If you guys check that out, Nihilus Film. I have a link down in the description as well. Uh, I just want to kind of mention it here at the top of the show because it's something that's coming out. They're working on this, and I really feel like I want as many eyes on this as I can. I'm going to try to do some Star Wars shorts uh, on my TikTok and over on my YouTube channel just to promote it and hoping to get on other Star Wars uh, other Star Wars projects or or podcasts and, and talk about this thing because I, I want these guys to be you know, rewarded for their hard work and their dedication. They they, they yeah. just donated their time, money, effort, skills, and all that to, to this to bring a little piece of Star Wars alive. So, yeah, just really cool. So, shout out to them. All right, friends. Well, hey, let's dive into... So, we got Master Yaddle Concept Art. And let me see. It's actually... It's going to be the second link in our doc there, if you want to click on that, sweetie. But this is the... So this is on StarWars.com. Uh, it just came out a few days ago, and they've released some new concept art for the High Republic. Now, I've been thinking... You know, you and I have been talking about like maybe a book series to get into and to to read or to listen to on the way home. I know some of you guys are already well like through phase one and maybe getting into phase two right now of the High Republic. But this, sweetie, this goes back like 200 plus, I think, years. I have to look up again the timeline as to how far back this goes. But the Star Wars High Republic is just a time when the Jedi were in their golden age. Yeah. When this is before episode one, years ago, when like Master Yoda and Master Yaddle, who are very old, were much younger. Yeah. So I feel like you would like it. I feel like it would be something easier to kind of get into. And, is that yeah. going to be a comic book or a show? There are comic books and people believe there will be a show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's, if you if you guys know, uh, again, feel free to hit me up and let me know if you know any more uh, about leaks or anything that's coming out that's, that's going to be... Uh, you know, if there's going to be a show, I've just been he- I've been hearing that. I've been seeing rumors and people pushing for it and wanting it, but I I don't think anything's been confirmed. If something has been, then uh, yeah, again, please please let me know. So, but yeah, Dark Horse Comics works on. It looks like Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures number one. So they showed a couple of different uh, uh, individuals here who are gonna who are gonna show up and and be in this. So they said last week, New York Comic Con, uh, we 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 got. Uh, we got four. Or, no, no, sorry. We got the first look at covers and interior pages for from several. I can't read at all. <laughs> uh, several forthcoming books and comics in the Star Wars High Republic Initiative. Uh, today on a brand new episode of Star Wars: The High Republic Show, 
Uh, they revealed even more characters and concept art from the series and a glimpse inside the forthcoming book, The Art of Star Wars The High Republic. So that's cool. It's, it's really cool. And they have uh, Master Yaddle here. And Master Yaddle's super interesting just because we this is the only other character. Uh, there's a, there's a, In Legends, there's a couple more. Uh, but in canon, as far as we know, that is the same species as as uh, Yoda and Grogu. Yeah. So, mommy, daddy, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not sure. Uh, Yaddle is in episode one when Anakin is a little boy before yeah. the council. And you only see her just like off on the side. She's just around that circle sitting there yeah. and, and with, her, with her hands kind of like this. And everyone's like, oh, is that? Yeah, that's like, who is that? And it's, it's another one of Yoda's species. So, yeah. super interesting that yeah. they put her in there. And now they're going back and we have some concept art. Uh, just, yeah, Jedi Master Yaddle, a few hundred cool. years before the prequel film. So cool. I feel like that was really cool. So, the, yeah, it says here, the Force user is the same species as Yoda and Grogu, and she'll play an important role by the end of Phase 2. So this whole series is in its Phase 2, but uh, Phase 1, I read most of the books in Phase 1, and I feel like, you know, we could do some recap and... And I guess maybe as I read these, and if anybody wants to read these and talk about them, I know our good friend Andrew has actually read Phase 1. And anyone else out there who, who has, uh, reach out to me because I'm going to start diving back into these. These are, these are fun. They've built out, like again, a bunch of comic books. It's kind of like what I talk about in terms of what Legends used to do. They had a um, Beyond Episode 6, uh, after Return of the Jedi, you had the authors. They just created series, tons of series, book series and comic books, and they just built out the um the expanded universe yeah. so these individuals are going backwards in time uh 200 years where really nothing has has taken place in terms of canon right and they've said there's this big open void let's fill it what happened uh what right. were the jedi doing what were they doing in their golden age uh that's so, cool yeah it's it's really fun there's a lot of characters and i think there's there's so many it's hard to kind of keep track of all of the uh, Jedi and, and the, and the Jedi yeah. Masters, but that's a cool thing because we learned from Kanan and Rebels that at one point there were, as he says, during during his time, during the time of the prequels, 10,000. Yeah. 10,000 Jedi. And it doesn't seem like there's that many, but like just him mentioning that yeah. number uh, in Rebels, you're like, whoa, it's a lot. So we don't, we, we obviously can't, can't see all of them or whatever. And, and we don't know how all the, how all of them were you know, um, destroyed. Were there that many by the time of episode three, whatever? Debatable. Did they live like in one, all in one place or did they spread out throughout the galaxy to be more spread out to protect? Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Exactly. We would want that. We would want them to be spread out and to be okay. in different places. So the head of the council, I love, I, this is exactly right here. I just wanted to point out to you friends, why Lottie, I told her the other day, like having a newbie, who ask questions. See, I never remember what, you know, people might need to know kind of coming into it and what those questions yeah. might be. Because as a young kid, I asked that very question. Yeah. I said, are they only on Coruscant? Is that yeah. their only temple? It can't be. And then I start to do some more research and you're like, whoa, there's outpost. Mm -hmm. There's these different places that they could go. They were once not like the head of the of the this the center of the Jedi Council or the order was not always on Coruscant. Mm -hmm. It's been on different places. And in, in like in Legends, Luke moved it around. Like when they mm -hmm. here's oh boy, I just I'm getting chills. I'm getting fired up. So in <laughs> Legends, when I love talking about Legends, Luke. So any chance I get to do this, when they felt that they had 
Coruscant. You know, you've got all the all the hub and uh, like like it's it's the hub of political power and all these different mm-hmm. power yeah. units kind of coming together and it's super busy and, right. and society is super advanced and technological right. and all of that, right? And and the force seemingly it's between all things and it seems to be more connected to to you would think it like nature and, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I mean, again, it is still in all of those you know electronical devices, whatever you want to say, but. They, Luke Skywalker felt like they had, almost like they did in the prequels, lost their their connection. They were mm-hmm. starting to be disconnected or be too involved in the yeah. politics. Yeah. And he moved, he moved them to the forest moon of Endor at one point. And in in in, in, in the old Republic, be confused with Andor. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's what right. happened to me the right. first time Sorry. you told me about the show when they come out, came out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not the same. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I, it, it, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, don't be don't be confused. So they, when you, when they moved them out there, it was sort of this. Um, they got to regroup, you know. They got to reconnect, and they yeah. they establish a stronger connection to the Force. That sometimes the Jedi lose sight of that, and they yeah. need to do that. So in this series, in the High Republic, you see them all out on like Elfrono, I think it's what it's called, or Elfrona, uh, and they have different Jedi out uh, different Jedi outposts that mm-hmm. they go to. So they're spread out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could have just said that, they, yes, they're spread out, but I don't like to do that. I like oh, to yeah. tell you everything. T- please, <laughs> tell so, me the story behind it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, some really, just I think really, re- really cool um, characters coming up and some that I've not met and I need to now really dive in here and see what the heck is going on because they've got some just awesome looking characters and this 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 universe has just kept growing as they go into phase two and they I, I it got a little bit of... From some of the older folks, I think, in the fandom, it's new. It's a lot of new names and it's a lot of new people. But if you're young, I think of myself going to the library and wanting to find something that was Star Wars. And I got into Star Wars Legends stuff. Now, and I learned all those names and all those individuals who weren't in the movies who people were like, "Ah, if it's not in the movies, it's not Star Wars. You know, you have all sorts of people with, it's a huge galaxy, right? So there's a lot of places that you can kind of go. But um, I feel like for for kids, you can now pick this up and just learn about a whole new batch of Star Wars. My students very much would be into this kind of stuff. And and they, again, they're still really attracted to Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that because it's TV, you know? So what's going to make this, I think what's really going to, drive kids into this into the comics and the literature and stuff is when they do a tv show right right yeah. i feel like that's we're all we're all going to be uh looking forward to that because i've said you could do a really good cosplay of avar chris master chris you look just like her so anyway all right well uh so yeah those those one of our points i think oh here here we go let's jump into our next point which is uh this whole bit on tales of the jedi so tales of the jedi is the series that's coming out where they're telling some of the stories about count dooku right uh, Dooku was, you remember, sweetie, in the prequels, he was the bad guy. He had mm-hmm. the curved lightsaber. Yeah. He fights Anakin. He fights Obi-Wan. He was once a Jedi. Okay? He was once a Jedi. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second. When Mace Windu first says that in episode two, Padme's getting attacked. She's getting attacked, and she says, I think Count Dooku's behind it. And he's like, Milady, no. Yeah. Right? Dooku was once a Jedi, like, my, like us. Yeah. Right? There's no way. Yeah. And you're like, hold on a second, it's Padme. She yeah. knows what's up. She's yeah. super smart. How is she more in tune with this than than Master Windu? Yeah. You know, so you start to really see how they had lost their way and they believed right. too much in their teachings mm-hmm. that no one mm-hmm. could not not one of the Jedi Order could fall to the dark side. Right. That just wasn't in their nature. They 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 couldn't see that coming. So Tales of the Jedi 
talks. It's set in the prequel. It's set in the prequel trilogy era, uh, created by Dave Filoni, uh, Charles Murray. It's going to be a Disney Plus series, and it tells the story of a young Jedi, Ahsoka Tano, and Count Dooku before he abandoned the Jedi and fell to the dark side. Right. So along along the way, Ahsoka and Dooku encounter many familiar faces: okay. Obi Wan, Qui Gon Jinn, uh, and Emperor. Palpatine, who was a senator, remember he's a starts off in episode one right. as a senator, yep. and then he becomes the evil emperor and all that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, as one would hope, the series features a number of fan favorite actors returning to their signature roles. Uh, you know, so we've got a lot of different people coming back just to kind of take up their 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 voice acting uh, roles. So Corey Burton uh, took over for the voicing of Count Dooku in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars. He's coming back. Uh, let's see, Matt. Um, Oh, I always forget how to say his name. Uh, Leitner. Matt Leitner is uh, as is Anakin Skywalker, and he did the voice for Anakin back in the day. So you have all these really cool individuals oh, coming so back. It, and sorry. It's is animated. It? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's an animated series. Um, and uh, yeah, so here we go. Although it seems as if he had just put Star Wars far behind him after his character Qui-Gon Jinn's death in The Phantom Menace, Liam Neeson surprise fans with a cameo at the end of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Remember that, right? Yeah. He shows up as the Force Ghost. Uh, he will play Qui-Gon one, or yeah, he will play Qui-Gon once again for Tales of the Jedi, but he's not the only one voicing the beloved Jedi. So Neeson's son uh, is going to play young Qui-Gon Jinn in his first animated performance. <laughs> So I thought that was really cool. That's cool. Kind of passing this this on to his son. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what his what his. I've never heard his son speak. I don't really actually. Uh, I'd have to kind of look him up and see if he's done any other acting or, mm-hmm. or or what the deal is. But I do know this that when I used to answer the phone as as a young man, when people would call in on the old landline, on the old landline, sweetie, yeah. we had no cell phones at the time. I would answer it, and after my voice changed, I would say hello, and people would say Frank. <laughs> That's my father. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was just like, wow, okay. I'm all, and then I, like people would, when I was at work, I, I worked at the same factory that he worked at for a little while. And like people would hear me talking. They'd come around the corner and they'd say, hey, Frank, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, sorry. Like I have a little. That's I don't, funny and because you probably I probably don't hear you, it. You don't have uh, similar voices at all. Yeah. And I, I, I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just. Because, you know, I, I, I don't know. But I think you think you're calling the house of Frank Kirk right. and I answer the phone. Yeah. And so you're thinking, okay. Maybe, Probably, and it's yeah. And you, ha- you don't have a picture. Right. You don't yeah. see anybody. And like I said, they're in the factory a couple of times. They'd, they'd yeah. hear me talking and come around the corner and think that's Frank. Yeah. It was interesting. It really was. Because you're thinking of Frank being yeah. there in the, in the factory at that time. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was funny. My mama, my, my mom, my, my mama, mama, yes. (laughs) Um, when Max and I were little, little, and he, you know, his voice still was a kid's voice in mine too. Yeah. When she would call us, I don't know, she would come home from work and would, I don't ask us to start the dishwasher. Oh yeah. And she wouldn't. She couldn't really tell sometimes if it was Max or me because <laughs> oh, our really? voices were so oh, similar yeah. when we were kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like when we were That's kids, cute. kids like, yeah. Because yeah, he had a high voice when he was little, and now he has a very deep voice. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's funny how, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, your uh, vocal cords are also just genetic. Make They're probably pretty similar Yeah. to yeah. your dad's or your, you know, in right. girls' cases, your mom's. and. 
Right. Yeah. True. Interesting. So. Didn't think about. It. Yeah. So it's just kind of. Anyway, I think it's neat that his son is going to be it is cool. helping yeah. out with the voice. Yeah, so. and that he. I mean, that's that's what he's surrounded with is the whole acting and voiceover thing. And sometimes people are like, oh. Just because it's his son, why would he able be able to do that? But if he's into it and if he's learned how to do that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Mark Hamill, one of his sons, I'm trying to remember which one, looks a lot. I think it's his, I think it's Griff, Griffin. Uh, I think it's the younger one. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like his dad. Yeah. Young Luke, actually. Look up right now. Yeah. Look up Luke Skywalker's son. Or uh, Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. Luke Skywalker's <laughs> son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, look look up one of his sons, and um, you have one of his, his. I think his oldest son has a beard, and so not that one. There's there's gonna be another one, and uh, oh, he yeah. he looks a lot like mm-hmm. his father, mm-hmm. and so people have just been like, man, if he were into acting and stuff yeah. like that, he'd be it, because just the idea that he is that his father played the role, you know, if if yeah. he stepped into it, and that that again, kind of people were like, okay, I do you get know. the criticism because you want to give everybody the, uh, the the same chance, you know, to try out and not just say, oh, you're oh, his yeah. son, awesome, you're the new, yes, uh, yeah, the new Luke Skywalker, yeah, right, right, yeah, it just sort of something even before Disney took over back in the days, people were like looking at him as 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 uh, when he was younger and saying, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe. Yeah. maybe Maybe you could. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, we have younger characters now in Rings of Power right now, like a younger Galadriel, a younger yeah, Elrond. Right. And I love the new Elrond. Like, Me the way too. it's totally, he looks totally different. But at the same time, I think he does a great, great, great job. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's neat that, um, it's just neat when they're involved. You know, one of the coolest yeah. things, uh, did I ever tell you this? I think I did. And I feel like I bring this up about once every year on a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Uh, I tweeted at Mark Hamill and I asked him if his, and I tagged all of his children, if they were ready to take up the name Skywalker, right? If they would be in The Last Jedi and if they would take up the name Skywalker. Okay. And guess who liked it? Mark Hamill. There were like five likes on that post and one of them's Mark Hamill. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like of all the things. And so he found his children on there. Sure enough, his three kids are in The Last Jedi. Wow. I think I'm one of the only people to call it before the movie, to be honest That's with you. That's cool. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, probably not. But anyways, I, th- I thought it was fun. And it was just cool to see that. So this is neat. This is good stuff. The other, the other big news is that uh, Ian McDermott, who played the Emperor, who played uh, Palpatine, he's actually coming back to do his mm-hmm. voice acting in this as well. Nice. So, And I think when those voice actors come back, oh, you know, I love that. like, yeah, when they come back to, to, to their roles, it further cements it as kind of canon yeah it already is even if they got new voice actors that sound the same or whatever but when you bring back the same voice actors for those things uh, it just makes people feel really good about about those characters and about this new thing so yeah a lot of fun all right i guess it for that uh diving in you ready for the big big takeaways here from andor season one episode six the eye now as as i say that of course my mind is is running wild here i think i actually had um i had some stuff so i do have some transmissions here at the end with some star Mm -hmm. wars stories and stuff that we're going to kind of go over uh we had some thoughts on on andor from andrew as well and actually let me read the one from from andrew here first we got one from matthew that we'll read at the Mm -hmm. end of the show but this is pretty cool so this is thoughts on andor and ezra bridger so now i gotta be Uh real careful uh, and see and see maybe where where I stop on this because Andrew, you know, we're, we're you and I are working through season two of Rebels, 
and I might only read half of this and have to come back to the other part later. Yeah. Okay. All right. So hello, uh, Ez and Lottie had a couple thoughts on Andor. This is again episode four. So I missed this one last week, so we wanted to talk about it. But um, Deidre is going to be one of the characters who starts to see what the Empire truly stands for. Yeah. She will come to realize that there are more important things going on due to her, ex- her exposure and treatment by the higher ups by putting things together that we as an audience already know. She will start to undermine the workings of the Empire to create the stirring, which we have already seen in the Kenobi series, which I believe took place five years prior. Correct. Uh, someone will get to her and it will advance the infiltration of the rebellion within. Great thought, because that's a character I she pops up in this current episode yeah. just for a hot second, and we and haven't got a whole like, lot. Knew it. Called it. Called it, guys. Hey, uh, the Starpath unit was the key. Where you guys been? <laughs> and actually, that's probably what's going to get some attention mm-hmm. uh, in her direction, which is like, hey, you were on to this. Tell us more, right? Yeah. So uh, Karn is someone who believes in blind faith, which depending on whose side he uh, is on could be a bad thing. His character has many great characteristics of being a good moral man and doing what is right from his point of view, which has been his downfall so far, which is not a bad thing. Uh, we all in life will be faced by another who believes that they, that what they fight for is more just and righteous. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Good point. That's a very good point. Uh, this is just the way our world works. Having these insights of the characters adds so much, uh, has adds more layers and complexity to the story. Will Karn turn towards the ins- the insurrection of the rebellion just to become a spy to get back into the graces of the Empire? Uh, I know you guys touched on this in the last podcast as seeing uh, Deidre and Karn uh, connecting, and maybe that's it, his way back in. But I feel that Deidre is starting to see a different light, and as more things happen, she will be pulled towards it. I could be wrong, but that's why uh, that's why we call it a prediction. The idea that Karn could make the rebellion vulnerable and release information to what he believes is a greater cause uh, to only have the empire that uh, yeah to only have the empire that the info use him and then be done with him mm-hmm. as we have seen so many times before. Okay, yeah. So essentially, yeah, they're going to use uh, Karn for that and then leave him you know out to dry, right? So yeah. Um, I also agree with you guys about the heist. People will die. Here we go. Sorry, we did, forgot to didn't get a chance to read this last week, uh, Andrew. But yeah, for sure, they mm-hmm. definitely did. Uh, I want to go in a different direction away from Andor. Uh, just with some theories and thoughts as well. So this is where we'll save some of those, you know, for uh, for too, later. Too many spoilers. Yeah, just a couple things that I think are really good okay. and maybe we'll just read these for folks and i'll do it at the end when lottie's yeah not on or something i'll just put the music on and yeah we'll just kind of do sit that over there so stare out the window okay all right sounds good see tell me what you see anyway <laughs> uh so and or episode six the eye <sighs> what'd you think sweetie just just initial thought do you have a one word i don't know if i, I give you an- oh you do yeah okay what do you got Sacrifice. Sacrifice. I was thinking sacrifice too. Uh, okay. I like it. I like it. Expand. Because... Yes. Because <laughs> it's a little bit too deep, but in That's we okay. also cover rings of power. So they say uh-huh. true creation requires oh. sacrifice. 
My gosh, and yes. And true rebellion obviously requires a sacrifice. And did I expect that only two of the whole group... Well, three, we don't know what happened to Cinta. Uh-huh, yeah. But right. did I expect so many of them to die? No, I did not. Mm. I thought there were more... We're going to... Even after this, we were going to see more of that group. That we're going to stick with that group for a while. I got you. That was my expectation. Right. So I didn't think it was going to end like this. And um, but we kind of called it that Nemec was going to die because they just yeah. gave us I don't know. He he gave us that vibe that he's he's just too good to survive yeah. for some reason. And yeah, he was. But what's interesting is and we'll get we're going to get to this in a little bit, but his um not diary, but his his manifesto. 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 Uh got passed on to Cassio, which is super interesting. How right. is that going to play out? Right, exactly. How is that going to play out? Because he is, I, I have a feeling that he was getting, you know, because ne like everyone likes Nemec. Nemec yeah. was definitely someone who we all were kind of drawn towards. We, yeah. we, we saw that he really believed in this cause. He, he was the brains of the operation, saw a path forward. And even Skeen was sort of like, we're here because of this kid, right? We're mm -hmm. here because of this kid. Yeah. And it just breaks your heart. So mm -hmm. I think I think uh, Cassian was definitely still really, uh, really interested in his ideas and his thoughts. And yep. yeah, I think you can appreciate his idealism and, and, and all of that. Uh, now that this is done and over and he's accomplished this mission, he's taken his cut, he's going to read that. Yeah. I really think he's going to read it and I think oh, he's going to be so too. influenced yeah. by it for oh, sure. Yeah. So. It's going to be interesting. And I mean, sacrifice goes not only for the... Uh, crew members who have died but also in terms of the we, di we didn't see as much of them but um, about oh my goodness help me with the names Luthen Luthen yes and mm -hmm. Mon, yeah. Mon Mothma Mon Mothma yeah mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. because they're sacrificing facing their lives in different in a different way they're right. not dying right. but also they can't live their life the way they want to they have to be undercover right. um Agents, agents the whole time well and if you think about you know yeah. someone like snape in the harry potter books mm -hmm. what kind of life do they really live you oh know? i know right what's when we think about what life is all about is it is like i mean it's dif different for everybody i guess but like you can't your own goals have to take a back seat and mm -hmm. you're really just sacrificing everything for the greater good yeah yeah, for sure. So something that Andrew, uh, another comment, this is something he sent me in on, on Instagram, said, just listening to the last podcast and had a thought about Luthen based on something you said. So mm -hmm. these small cells uh, that we would talk, remember how we talked about the rebels were their own smell, like, or smell, <laughs> Fight, smell, uh, <laughs> they were their own cells and uh, you, you had Kanan and Hera starting yeah. their own rebel cell, yeah. right? So the small cells, maybe Luthen is the one connecting the small cells to create the rebellion Ooh. based on what he or what we saw in Rebels when Bale reveals himself in connection to what he said to Mon Mothma about mm -hmm. having many mouths to feed. What do you guys think? Let me know. Ooh. Spot on, right? I think I, maybe he's the first sort of phase of this. I kind of feel yeah. like Luthen is not going to... He, he's put too much of his... Um, his heart so mon mothma says that she'd be the first one to fall he's not gonna let that happen no something
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thing about Luthen tells me that like, if it were for the for like for the cause, he's gotten too close to this. Remember, he yeah. said I I I messed up right with um, with Andor. Yeah, I got I, I just got a little too carried away, and I wanted it too bad. I wanted it too right. So I, I think something's going to happen with him where he will mm-hmm. have connected some of these small cells, and maybe we're going to get to a point where he doesn't make it. Right, and, because we don't. His character is not. You know, like Andor, yeah. we know that he's going to survive. We don't know Luthen. We don't, don't know. know anything about him. So, and, and you feel like so for for uh, for Cassian Andor, there has to come a point where, like later on, he said he's been in this fight for so long. These different things pushed him to this mm-hmm. to that point later on in Rogue One to be the lead to, to be to be there with Jyn Erso, uh to go f- get this this desperate mission to get the Death Star plans. Yeah. Like, you have to sacrifice everything. you got to go after it with everything you've got. We see him on, I think, not Jeddah. It's somewhere else. But he's getting sort of um, information on an Imperial pilot who has mm-hmm. defected. And he kills that guy because he's, he'd be like broke his ankle or something. He couldn't get away. And he knew that he'd be interrogated and possibly killed anyways. And it's just a ruthless yeah. side of the rebellion. Yeah. Because they, it's so secret. Everything's top secret. And, and getting this information is 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 sort of so important so yeah yeah but before we get into the details of the episode what was your word my word yeah so i was struggling with one and i only thought of this because of um the, the like when you have the resistance later on with like leia this is in this is in the last jedi when they're talking about being the spark that will ignite the fire that's gonna you know uh, fuel the whole rebellion, like the, their whole rebellion movement again in the sequels. So for me, it was Spark. This is the 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 Spark mm-hmm. that is kicking everything off. Okay. It is yeah. exactly what yeah. they the, the rebellion sort of needed. Something mm-hmm. that made galactic news. Yeah. Right. So you have Deidre sort of saying, "I've seen this over here, this over here, different things that were very small, low level stuff." Right. And you know they've been orchestrating and building some resources. You can tell Mon Mothma. And Luthen and maybe others are working on something. Mm. They're not quite sure. And it takes years to maybe put that together. But uh, look at the Kenobi series, which, as Andrew pointed out, happens five years prior to this. Mm -hmm. They are working on an underground path to get Force-sensitive children away. So there's already sort of this um, idea, like Bail Organa is going to be working with Mon Mothma during that time to move money around, to build yeah. resources or whatever, to, to strengthen those cells. And they've been working on these things for a long time. So Luthen has this group in position um, on Aldani. Gosh. Ha, ha, Sorry, I just, every time I think of them, I, I 
the Donnies, man, they're crazy. Uh, but he's got this group there ready to go, and mm-hmm. they're they're yeah, they're ready to strike. And it just feels like, you know, to get Cassian to where he's going to be, it's like Nemec losing Nemec and reading his manifesto. Uh, Luthen, who's been invested in this, um, Cassian is just one of the individuals who has faced has gone through the hardships and the consequences yeah. of the empire spreading and, and you know, abusing planets and abusing resources and people. Yeah. And he sees that on that level because he was, he wasn't born into a position of privilege. No. Uh, yeah. And, and so you have people who, who were, and maybe if Andrew's right, even with Deidre kind of being someone who has worked her way up through the ranks might start to see the uglier side and realize this is not what I'm fighting for. Yeah. This is the, I'm seeing thing. I'm seeing, um, the abuses or whatever. So that, that happens sometimes where you have Imperials who say, hey, yeah. I'm out. Uh, Tamron, right? Tamron, the lead guy who was a stormtrooper on right. this group, he has something. He, Cinta, I guess his, her family was was mm-hmm. slaughtered by, by stormtroopers. And so yeah. something that he's done that he said, hey, I'm out. It's similar to what happens to Finn in the Force Awakens sequel where he is uh, he's there and he's forced to like shoot uh, all of these, these, these villagers on Jakku mm-hmm. and he chooses not to yeah he says no not doing that and then he he defects he, he leaves and says I'm out so it takes like, a lot I know the crazy part is I know this is totally off topic it's okay but, you know that stuff like that really happened like in World War II and stuff yeah. people were some people they they really didn't know what was really going on yeah other people knew and they were like oh my gosh if I say something Oh, yeah. I will be the victim now. Oh yeah. And others were, were like they found out and they were like, No, we can't let this you know, we have to yep. rebel. Yep. And have well, there was probably a lot of underground communication going on where people who were you know, on the you know, apparently the bad guys doing all that stuff, they were like, We're we're out, but how do we get out without being killed ourselves? So here's the thing I mean another thing we teach in history sometimes, the um you know, you know, during the time of slavery, the Underground Railroad, oh, yeah. and, and you yeah. needed people who kind of like uh, were they were to help to stand mm-hmm. to risk their 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 lives to help yeah. these people break the law essentially and get yeah. to freedom and stuff like that. It and those like you said, those things happen during wartime or they happen uh, in in just different situations. We still have people forget this. We still it have, still happens right now. Yeah, the, I, I mentioned the the Aldanis and um, the Donnies as they call them. And they are being wiped out, slowly wiped out by the empire. That's exactly what they said. Mm-hmm. Now, they've done it in a more methodical sort of way, yeah. right? They definitely are trying to tear down like they're going to, you know, the sacred. this is the last time they'll be gathering at the eye. And they're going to wipe this place clean, right? And their sacred temple area is going to be gone. So, because they've even said, if you, and I had to watch, thankfully I've watched this, as, I think maybe we should watch these more than once before we come on and record. Oh, I'm because all for you, it, yeah. you learn so much more um, on a second viewing. Yeah. Because the Donnies, and when he set up, they, they, they set up these different, it's a, what do you say, a 10 day hike up the mountain, up the, you know, through, through the pass to get there. And they didn't want, they wanted to, over the years, to suppress these people, to suppress their culture. And to have less of them coming to the sacred spot. He says at one point there were 15,000 that used to show up. Yeah. And then that starts, this trek starts with 500. Yeah. They they whittle them down to 60. Now, how do they do that? They set up waypoints and, yeah. and give them drinks and food. And they try to bring them off the trail and settle down. And here's a good spot to watch it. You don't have to go all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. And only a few of the devout or the faithful 
will see it through. So there's a message in that mm-hmm. as well, which mm-hmm. is which is interesting. They're controlling like in a passive way. Yes. Yeah. So it was probably it was more aggressive when they showed yeah. up. Right. There was rebellion, different things. And they and they talk about the Vel talks about some of the hardships and the things that they faced. And so now it's 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 grown and it's really the older members who remember. It's the yeah. older ones who remember sort of how the Empire was the face of the empire when they first show show up yeah so yeah and nimic talks about that kind of stuff which is which is fascinating but yeah to me this was the spark that was going to ignite rebellion it's it's sort of the shot heard around the galaxy if you will that really wakes everyone up like whoa the rebels this group struck right and and andor is right there cassian is a part of all of Mm -hmm. this wildly like vel is going to be a hero for this And Cinta is a hero. Nemec will be remembered. Maybe even Skeen is going to be looked upon favorably. They won't know his story. Maybe right. Bell doesn't doesn't even go that far yeah. uh, with it. Tamarin, he gave his life as far as we know. It looks like he was shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, what we don't know about is is Gorn. Like Lieutenant Gorn, he is shot. It looks like he is shot. He is. But I wonder if he's still alive. Oh, okay. Actually, I think they may find him alive. And we don't even know if... Um, if his superior, who had the heart attack, I forget his name at, the, mm. at this point, he falls over. I'm not sure. He might still come back and, and be alive, right? They could yeah. resuscitate him and bring him back. Yeah. And then he could do, you know, there's just going to be some confrontation between he and, and Gorn. I they, wonder how Cinta got out of there, though. Yeah, Cinta had them all tied up, right? Mm. And then definitely once they got to a certain phase in the plan, she's she's on the move. So where is she going? Is there a second phase to that? Because mm-hmm. don't you kind of feel like we're moving beyond Aldani and that, that that phase is over? Like we might hear about those characters. I was but wondering if we ever go back. Yeah, I think we're just going to hear about them maybe mm-hmm. at, at the end or some of them might show up in season two of Andor because it feels like there's, there's these three episode arcs mm-hmm. where where Cassian is introduced to, like some of them, Mon Mothma and Luthen and, and, and Cassian are your mainstays. They're going to stay throughout the series all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but the groups that we meet here, you know, Skeen, Nemec, Taraman, yeah. uh, Cinta, and, and Vel, I feel like they're kind of done for okay. now. We might hear a little bit about them, but not much. Okay. You know, maybe just some communication from Luthen saying, yeah, Vel found Cinta and they're doing yeah, maybe X, that, Y, yeah. and Z. Something like maybe that. Maybe they'll come yeah. back later, like you said. Right. So let's talk about real quickly, what did you think about the action and the intensity of Oh, first this? time watching it. Yeah. You know, before you knew how, how it's all going to end. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Intense, definitely. And you could, they did a really good job at, um... The that you know portraying that even the the rebels were they were definitely under pressure time yeah. pressure everything has we they didn't even get it done really they didn't get all of it no. I don't know if they ever really they wanted to yeah. get all of it out right but I think that really makes it realistic and we didn't know how much there was going to be mm-hmm. we didn't know how ma- how many people are going to be there to help to help load it and so. I think it's realistic that they didn't get everything out. Me too. Me too. And but this whole like move, move faster, faster. That really felt like I was under pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know. Right. That was really well done. I yeah. Thought. Yeah, it was good because you kept going, and I was kind of making fun of the uh, of the Donnies who are yeah. out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Like I mean, because it just built. Remember the remember the first three episodes when there was that like there was the clanging noise. 
Remember as um, Ampetunia was sitting there and all the yeah. all the gunfire was well the the fighting was going on and yeah. Karn is moving through and they're like clanging clanging yeah. and you could hear that yeah. going and going and going. True. They're using sound and and music and yeah. and whatever uh, to to build tension mm-hmm. and to to heighten your your sort of experience. Yeah. Which is crazy. They're, it's a they've done it in both arcs right now, and I look for it to kind of continue because yeah, the cool. intro. If you listen to the the intro of Andor, it itself is a very like high uh, volume, um, fast paced mm-hmm. intro with a lot of energy. Oh, it's super short, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, That's it's short, but and it's yeah. it's not it's it's not as in your face. It's just mm-hmm. it's got those undertones, and it's just got that sort of drive mm-hmm. that makes you think like, okay, we're we're like locked in here. We're in a mission yeah. and we're we're a part of this rebellion. So, yeah, thought that was really cool. And you're right. It was super realistic. You know, on, on a second viewing, when I went back and looked at how they disabled the communications, understanding how the different th- all the different pieces fit together, you really had to watch it a second time to figure out like, OK, these four guys filled in for the three guys who were at the top running to try to they're out of position. Yeah. Right. And I don't know how they, they didn't get the call that mm-hmm. they needed to kind of come down and yeah. be a part of the escort or something. Maybe Gorn didn't do that. Maybe it was a communications yeah. delay. I'm not really sure, uh, but I, I thought that was I thought that was kind of kind of kind of cool and and fascinating. So, and then you see, I think we're gonna come back to we. I, I feel like we have to come back to this part where uh, with what's his name? He's like the gosh, it's the, it's the lead guy. I have to look him up here in a second. But the oh yeah, the guy who had a yeah. heart attack. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I have his name just because. He and his family, his family was, was kidnapped and captured, and and it, it felt like they talked a lot about... J-Hold Behaz? Behaz? J-Hold. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what his wife was saying. Yeah, she was calling him... Yeah, that was, that's his first name, yeah. So, anyways, he is... Gosh, his family is, is taken. He, they have some some drama going on there. Remember those two guards? They said they were up helping her mo- like move the, her furniture? <laughs> yeah. So, is she cheating on him? You know what I mean? Like... And also, I don't know if it's ever going to be important, but his sons, he said his son is always sick or something. Yeah, his son's like, always hmm, sick. Why did he say that? Yeah, is it just because he doesn't like being around? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And then you had, up. you had the two guys walk over to Cinta and Vel, and t- they were talking about not having patience when looking at some woman or whatever. And I thought maybe they could be talking about mm. if these were the same guys that who abandoned their post and went up and were moving furniture for him. I could be totally off on that, but definitely something going on. Also too, they just were disgusted by it and it just, you know, slime, slimy yeah. Imperials, you know, whatever. So yeah. yeah. But the whole heist thing was, was crazy. I think we can just sort of sum it up in terms of like this, a lot of energy, a lot of intense moments. Skiing definitely does not cover uh, Tarman when he needs to and you mm. could tell right there yeah. he wasn't commit he was no. not who he yeah. was saying he was and there was a dead giveaway that something he was he was the weak link mm-hmm. in all of this actually mm-hmm. and, and that's was... what Andor was talking about we thought it was Nemec right but Nemec was actually more more uh committed and, and get when, when he when he when you give covering fire like that it has to be continuous and you yeah. do risk a little bit yeah. uh stepping out there taking that shot and you're hoping that the runner is going to draw their attention too and there's a slight moment of confusion and yeah. he did not um he didn't stick it out and so yeah. that's why that's how that's why tarman uh falls so just freaking wild so okay uh we'll see just kind of skimming through. Yes. Did yes. you think uh, the doctor was going to save Nemec? I did for a second. Me too. Me too. 
ugh, because I thought, man, you you got us all the way there. Yeah. Why even do that? Yeah, but the purpose was just to have to have and or and ski and skiing having that conversation there and so let's talk about that we'll come back to the eye and just how beautiful and spectacular that was in a second oh yeah but let's just talk about the conversation between he and skiing that i don't care who you are that was a i knew the moment that skiing started talking i was like he's a dead man because i did because I was like, ooh. I mean, I got chills when mm-hmm. he started talking mm-hmm. about it. And I was watching. So I was watching Diego Luna, who, who who plays Cassie Nandor. I was watching the expression on his face. And I was watching his body language. I was like, oh, he is coiled. He is like coiled, ready to shoot. Yeah. Because he wow. knew it was dangerous talk. Mm-hmm. That is dangerous. You've got to know who you're talking to to mutiny. Right. If you're yeah. going to if you're going to plan a mutiny like that, let's just say if the person you're planning it with doesn't go along with the mutiny, well, then they now know that you were trying or attempting or thinking about mutiny. Yeah. Which means there's a liability. Yeah. And so for Skeen, he's just thinking maybe. All right. If Cassian go, he's thinking he's going to go for it. Yeah. And if he doesn't go for it, if he walks away, Skeen would have shot him. Yeah. You know for a fact yeah, true. that that's exactly what would have happened. And Cassian knows it too. If I walk away from him and if I turn my back, I'm a dead man. And so he shoots him. And it's, it is like, mm-hmm. whew, it's crazy. It is actually crazy. But that is how those things work. And so yeah. for them to put that, di- but when you talk about a spy movie or you talk about, because I've actually read up a little bit on people who are undercover and what they okay. have to do. And it's, it is, I used to watch a lot of spy movies. So we, okay. Yeah, I, I really, cool. really like them. And I got, I kind of, you know, went down this whole rabbit hole of like, you know, I was like, the more I learned, I was like, are they watching me? You know, are they, are they, are they, are they going to recruit me one day? No, this, <laughs> this kid can't run a mile very fast. We need to see him in gym. Just kidding. But uh, anyway, they, they, uh, yeah, that conversation was dangerous though extremely dangerous to even be whispering those things if you were on a, if you were on a captain if you're on a ship and you were playing a mutiny and it didn't go well and you didn't have the numbers you didn't right. think you could so you start that conversation early you start to just throw out little negative things about the captain or about vel or or whoever's leading the mission you start to kind of pick away at their character you start to do those types of things oh yeah and you start to see who's nodding their head right who agrees they didn't have time so with cassian yeah. he didn't have time to do this and it's a dangerous thing. I don't know. Like the mission really wasn't in, in, in jeopardy. It just shows you that Skeen was a player and yeah. he was playing these people and that was hard for them to see because mm. Cassian was honest and open about it. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. And they were truly getting played by their weak by by the weak link in, yeah. in their whole um, situation. So he said he said he didn't even have a brother. Now he could have been no, lying yeah. about that too. Yeah. Maybe he's just trying to be a tough guy to you know sway and or to his cause but yeah uh, and that's interesting that luthan he was he uh had second thoughts about Andor because he said oh i don't i didn't actually know enough about him because it's yeah. so important that you have people who stick to the mission and you know that's right. why he paid him but still is that enough to right yeah then that's what they were that's what they all were wondering yeah. and actually i think once he said that once once cassian said that he's getting paid and this is what he's in it for Nimic even starts to kind of switch. Okay, we'll take the weapons that we have. And 
because because so would the empire and it's he he tried to kind of frame it up in his mind and say okay this is this is fine you know we also yeah. need hired guns we we can do that if it if it's you know for our cause etc so anyway it just it just felt like Cassian um he was more honest about who he was and what he was he was there for he was following orders too at the same time and Skeen just totally played him it was just it was just a wild sequence mm-hmm. and I I love it honestly some people are talking about this not being star wars that's been a big conversation about Andor uh is a great tv show but they're saying it's not star wars and i just totally disagree mm-hmm. i i actually think it is showing you a more realistic side of like what it takes like the, like the sacrifices i mean in episode four in, in a new hope you had red squadron gold squadron out there risking their lives and making bombing runs and you actually have a sequence where i think it's the gold leader um, I think Gold Leader is making his run, and some of them are starting to waver in their duty. And you look yeah. for those those sort of um, weak links, and I don't know, it just it takes a whole unit to kind of work on this and, and hope and trying to find hope and talking about believing in the cause, all these different things. So they actually have a really interesting conversation, Skeen and Andor, about luck. And one of the things that Obi-Wan Kenobi says is that uh, there's no such thing as luck. Now, that shows you Obi-Wan believed in the Force. Yeah. He believed in the will of the Force. And um, whereas, whereas Han Solo was sort of saying that it's, you know, just a little bit of luck here and there. Yeah. And actually, Tolkien talks a lot about luck and the power of luck and what mm-hmm. is it actually mm-hmm. are you really just lucky or is there something else there something bigger? sort of yeah. uh, ordaining that or is it free will is it just what is it it's almost like when you get into magic and force a little bit you're sort of like wait why on mm-hmm. some individuals does that they're not are they luckier or are they guided by something or what is it mm-hmm. so anyway it's just an interesting conversation yeah. it's it's the mystery and it gets into sort of mythology a little bit uh, it, it just scratches the surface of that. So I thought that was a cool conversation that they had. Yeah. Uh, but, but just between those two individuals. So, and then he tells Vel at the end. Yeah. Almost like a search your feelings. Yeah. Think about this for a second. I'm standing here and he says, I'm taking my cut, leaving you the rest and the ship. Right. Okay. I'm out. So I think he pays the doctor for another ship or freighter or something that he has. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that, but seemed like that's what he was talking about there. And so she sort of knows, okay, he's not taking everything and running. He's not yeah. cutting and running. He's leaving me everything else. We still accomplished the mission. He's just taking his cut. Oh, and Skeen is dead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sort helps. Of tells the story that maybe um, he knows you're not going to believe me. I'm not going to convince you. I'm a realist. That's what that's what mm-hmm. Cassian is. He's a realist. He's saying, no, I'm not. I don't even have time. No, right. I'm not going to sit around here and risk it. He's scared, actually, a little bit. He's sort of like Skeen tried to attack me and, and coerce me to the other side. Vel might not believe that. I'm outnumbered. I was the odd man on this. I'm the one who's paid. Yeah. I'm not a part of this unit. So now I'm out. And I think it actually shows a lot. And Vel will kind of probably report back to Luthen. Yeah, you know, he was. Yeah, he's good. So. What did you think of the way they um, revealed to Luthen that the mission was oh, successful? Oh, just absolutely great. It's good, Fantas- right? Because he couldn't get communication. Yeah. It's a work day, so he can't really risk going back there and, and tapping into some of the secret comms and trying to get, you know, he doesn't know what's going down. Were they successful? Some of them died. Clearly, the the mission was 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 risky. And you've got Mon Mothma in the Senate chambers, yeah. and all of them start to kind of leave during her speech. She's one of the more prominent um, uh, sort of... I get leaders in the Senate. Mm-hmm. So when she's talking, normally people are listening. They wouldn't do that to her. Right. She's speaking speaking about a, a pretty big issue and they're all turning to their, you know. Do you think she immediately knew 
why they were talking, but she had to keep a face and act like, "Oh, mm -hmm. why is everyone interrupting me?" And I have to look. Oh, yeah. But she actually knew. Right I think away. so too. Okay. I don't think she knew all the details, and that's that's the thing is she is right now it's so dangerous and so tricky that almost like if one individual is caught, they cannot reveal the other individual. So Luthen was worried that Cassian was that weak link that would trace back to him and then other operations are in jeopardy because of that mm -hmm. so i think she knows enough i don't know that she mm -hmm. knew exactly what this because okay. when i thought back to that conversation it was just we need money we need yeah. funds you'll know when you hear it like you you don't know what when or where but we are you're working on you know she could see and just like deidre could see sort of in the reports these things were happening around the galaxy Mon Mothma can see that as well. She's smart enough to figure yeah. out, like, okay, I'm I'm reading reports of uh, disturbances around the galaxy, and what does that mean, and and who's behind that, and Luthen asking for money to go to this sector and tracking all that kind of stuff. So, right. yeah, I thought that was brilliant yeah. because cool. you just get to see that class of people have a different urgency and a response yeah. to what we all witnessed, yeah. and you're like, whoa, this is this is really cool. And again, so many cool things in his shop still unexplained. Jedi holocron, oh, Sith holocron. Yeah, it, it has so many relics and just really neat stuff. And I think he himself is a very interesting character, and I can't wait to to sort of learn, you know, more about him. But um, it's blowing my mind right now. Yeah, Good. like really, I think I think Andor is doing just a great job. We've had other people reach out to us and. You know, and, and tell us that they that they enjoy it. Um, even over on my other podcast, uh, Up Talking Tolkien, I've got people reaching out saying, "Ez, heard you talking about Andor." Love it, man. And Good. they love it. So, I mean, we had Lane on here just talking about it. I I, mean, I, I don't think he's had a chance to watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had some other friends who, who know that that project. By the way, if you're into Rings of Power, go check that out. Uh, go check out our Lord of the Rings podcast, an unexpected podcast where we do talk about all those things. And uh, you can also check out Lottie on the newbie panel of the uh, Lord of the Rings watch party or watch party Lord of the Rings. I'll, I'll leave a link down below. Uh, she's been great. This was the last one this week that she was on. But we had friends over there who have been following Rings of Power. And now that it's over, I feel like there's going to be a big shift. Okay, what's been on TV? Andor. And now you have two arcs, right? Episodes one through three is first arc. Right. And then you've got four, five, and six is the second arc. Mm -hmm. And you can blitz through those and be like, wow, this is a ride. It's almost like two mega episodes mm -hmm. in this Andor series. Like I feel like each of the the three are sort of are working together to tell right. one uh, story that's a part of a larger story, if that makes sense. Okay. Do you yeah. have a feeling where he's going to go next? Andor? Hmm? Oh, man, I think he's going to continue the search for his sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Is, I don't know. Do you think he's going to go back home? I don't second? know. Isn't that what a lot of us do? You know, isn't that where where do you go? Where where was the trail last? I mean, it's risky. Mm -hmm. But Especially it, it, with that. if you're dedicated to yeah. the cause of trying to find out who because remember they set up a base of operations there yeah so i feel like when he goes back there i forget the guy's name but it was one of the isb agents who is in charge of that sector mm -hmm. and they are going back to his not home world but the world where he was he yeah. was at in the beginning yeah and they're going they've got an operation there looking for so that's gonna be dangerous for him to go back there but yeah. you said something maybe he's going back to his original home planet if it's still there he could. Because there's still a story to figure out about his heritage and his parents or family or tribe or... Yeah, so he was, he's Canari, right? And so the planet Canari is right, where, the, yeah, is where he would called. go back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Ferrix was the free trade system that he was in, mm -hmm. uh, or that, that he was taken um, 
So by Marva, we keep saying right. Aunt Petunia. I need yeah. to start saying Marva so I get it right. Uh, but Ma- Aunt Marva. Marva. Yeah, Aunt Marva. <laughs> Aunt Marva took him there on Ferrix. So Ferrix is where that's set up. He'll go back there, I just feel like, and, and interact with, with those characters who are family, who are personable. Mm-hmm. And Luthen might be waiting or might know. Because oh, if, you, if you think mm-hmm. about this, Luthen's smart. And he may know more about Cassian than Cassian realizes. And mm-hmm. Bix, oh, definitely. remember yeah. Bix is still there. Bix is still in communication. Yeah. Tim has been killed. Um, yeah. Bix, does she have feelings for, I don't know, who knows what's going on there. It seemed mm-hmm. like they had a history. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I feel like he's going back because he's got to regroup and maybe there's been enough yeah. time and it's a mistake. And Luthen knows that. You can't go back home. Well, I got to continue the search for my sister. And it's sort of deciding which way do you go? How do you mm-hmm. figure out where your sister is and also then you know, dedicate to this cause? Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, it's a tough decision. Yeah. I actually feel like he's going to be like torn mm-hmm. in two different directions. So anyway, yeah, good thoughts. Where do you, uh, what do you think? You think I'm... I mean, I think I'm right. You think his race going on or... No, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. That's yeah. why I brought it up, yeah. That's... Yeah. Uh, either we he, are going to see a totally new place. Yeah, he, he could. Because he doesn't know where Luthen or Mon Mothma, who they really are, right? He doesn't right, know right. Yeah, okay. No, and he doesn't really know. He especially doesn't know where Luthen would go or how to contact him. Yeah. So even if he wants to contact Luthen, I feel like he has to go back through Bix, uh, through, through that waypoint and try to figure it out. Or he's just going to go on the run again and try to lay low. Because uh, mm-hmm. he definitely knew he was on the radar. So if he's smart, he would just sort of yeah. go somewhere where he's not well known, and, right? And and try to try to do that, or try to find any and connection maybe to Canary. We see some people. other familiar faces, and who knows? I don't know. There's been some rumors that we might see some pretty big name characters. I I this is. Ooh. Excuse me. They're five um five years out from a new hope, and so you've got a lot of different players there. You've got the right, rebel. Right. You've got. Harrison Dula, you've got uh, Kane and Jarrus, a Jedi, and Ezra Bridger out there still fighting. I mean, mm-hmm. you still have those things going on around the galaxy. Yeah. So even to hear that something happens in Lothal would be huge, right? Or something's going, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if Cassian heard about the Lothal sector yeah. or anything that goes down it at any point, it'd be wild. Because the, the second season is going to take us all the way up to Rogue One. So yeah. I feel like that one might be full of different things right. uh, that, that we might see, so... You know, just connections to rebels or other bits and cells around the galaxy. Yeah. Wowzers. Okay. That was fun. It was. That was fun. It was a fun episode and a fun recording. So. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Anyway. So that's our our little humble Star Wars podcast. It's a little place where we hang out at home one and we have a good time. We love you guys. You know? So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Look, you're going to say something. Would you want to watch The Eye with me? The Eye. Or the... What did they call it? Yeah, the eye. The eye. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to watch the eye with you. It looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. We did forget to mention that. It was spectacular. I know. Well, it was. Because to them, it's like they only know their little world. And and I forgot. One of the things I was confused about on the first watch was like, how are they getting through that thing? Well, it's an eye. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. Like he, I forgot that Nemec had the vector. To yeah, get them thanks out for there. explaining that to me because I didn't know that. Totally forgot myself though. But that's that's why you build in things that are good for a rewatch. You know, that's what I think is important. I, I yep. love I love that about you. some people don't like that they want to watch a show once and be done. Yeah, I you know being a being the fanboy that I am and loving Star <laughs> Wars the way I do, I love to go back and rewatch and and enjoy it and get to know the names and the characters and make theories and connections and it's just a blast. So, yeah. So anyway, do you hear um, what I said? 
McCoy, McCoy boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's my old call name. <laughs> my old call sign. When you told when you told me about that, I was that was my old Yahoo laughing on the yeah, floor. My my old Yahoo messenger was uh, McCoy boy. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like when they're doing like the check ins with everybody, like yeah, Red Two, how are you? You know, like or whatever, and you know, McCoy boy, you still there? <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, back back in the Mexi. day. Mexi. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, actually, before we we pop off here, because I don't want to forget to do this, let me just read something to some of our our fans um, who enjoy a Ezra Bridger connection. So Lottie oh. is actually going to kind of. Oh, uh, now I have to like tune out and. Yeah, you have to tune out for just a hot second. Is okay. that okay? I'll go downstairs. Think you can do some meditation. Oh yeah, yeah I should actually do that. I more. haven't read this, so I'm not exactly sure what this is going to be, but uh, I'm just going to jump into it while Lottie says okay. says goodbye. Bye. It was good Bye. being on here. Do I have to come up again? No, you're good, sweetie. Thank you so much. Okay. I'll read this theory and discuss it, and then we'll. I'll be down shortly. Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, friends. So here we go. Uh, thanks again to Andrew. And by the way, you, you guys can send me uh, a message, and I'll definitely. I, my 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 thing is, I love reading different people's comments and thoughts because it gives me something to talk about and a way to kind of connect with you guys and and just sort of expand even my knowledge and, and, and expand the conversation. So now here we go. On to Ezra Bridger. So I had a theory which just dawned on me, and this again, shout out to Andrew for this, just dawned on me in all the years now of wondering where Ezra is and what he's been doing and what's going on in his time period. What if it has been hidden in front of our eyes this whole time? What if it's been in plain sight and we've never even, uh, we never could have put it together? Ezra is the same age as Luke and Leia. Stories of the Emperor's Hand always come about and drive the fans crazy. What if the story of the Emperor's Hand can still come into play with a different plot twist? The story of the heir to the Empire back to life with plot adjustments and character replacements. The timeline can be adjusted. It stands at 9 ABY, which is the time of the Mandalorian five years after the return of of, uh, the Jedi. So there's plenty of time. You could plug this story in to fit where Disney wants. Uh, Maybe this has been the long game all along. The Ahsoka show, the Mandalorian, the mention of Thrawn, Mount Tantis, this could all be the foundation of what could set the wheels in motion to bring back storylines and connections to the EU uh, to the Disney Star Wars galaxy. So what if you plug in Ezra Bridger, where the Luke Skywalker character was in these stories? Everything would not be uh, exact and tweaks would have to be made, but what if Ezra and Mara Jade fell in love, have a child. The thought of the long talked about storyline theory of what if Ezra Bridger trains Jason Syndulla. Uh, A twist to this could be uh, as Luke trained Jason and Jaina solo. Again, things would have to be tweaked and adjusted, and the story does not have to be the same, but Disney can bring back EU characters and storylines loosely to create a huge time period which takes place between the Mandoverse and the sequels. Uh, I've mentioned this in the past. Master Sabayoth, the Guardian of the Mountain, can be replaced with a Mace Windu clone, which is which is an awesome idea, uh, a, a dark side clone. For those of you that don't know, Master Sabaoth was a dark side clone uh, of the uh, original Sabaoth. So anyways, there's an extra vowel in each of their names. So uh, the, the, the two share similar characteristics. Why not bring Windu back, even if as an evil clone, to make more connections across the board, get fans more excited than they already are? The Bad Batch Season 2 is coming up, and Disney can start dropping those hints 
in that series to set up the long game for the Star Wars timeline from the Mandoverse to the uh, prior to the sequels. Uh, as more series come out, the more they drop info for our galaxy far, far away. So loving this so far. Uh, these are just some of the thoughts that I've had and been having uh, about th that have come to his, that has come to his mind, um, and, and he's creating this sort of mixed version of the EU in and also new canon. So thanks again for all the time. Pleasure listening to you guys and your ideas on Star Wars and all things in general. Andrew, shout out to Master Andrew. Appreciate him so much. Uh, been a good friend and has followed me on different projects and. And can't thank me enough. So, guys, if you have thoughts and theories like that, I would love to read those on on Star Wars Hangout. Oftentimes, I turn them into uh, YouTube videos, and I'll post them over on my channel. I can link your guys' social media, all that good stuff. I would love to do that, and I would love to feature you guys. So feel free to do that. Let me just say that I love the idea of continuing the EU timeline, or I'm sorry, the, the storylines, I guess, so, like some of the ideas or the plots or whatever, and and adding new characters and changing it a little bit, but there's a lot of good stuff that they that they did there that you could sort of uh, marry, I think, with some of your new canon characters, and you, you could go uh, crazy with it. You know, a lot of that stuff, when it was being written, we didn't have Ahsoka. No one knew what Ahsoka, like, like later in the, in the in the halfway through the EU, yeah, you did, but like early on in, in the 90s and so on, as they're making this stuff, no, you had no, you had, they hadn't come up with that. The prequels hadn't come out yet. So then the prequels come out and you start working through that and you get into the Clone Wars and then all those characters are added and then which ones live beyond Return of the Jedi and how would they have worked their way into the EU? All of that stuff is, is really fascinating. And so this idea that Ezra Bridger could come back or was used by Thrawn in some way, the same way that Thrawn used Master Sabaoth, right? So, yeah, I mean, Thrawn needs to have someone like that. So does he, he already has Ezra Bridger. Does, does he find a way to either turn him or or use him? Or does Ezra now believe in his cause? Or what's the deal? You know, it, it, there's something uh, sort of going on there. Or is it that Thrawn then finds someone like a crazy Master Windu, a dark clone or something, uh, I think I think would be wild because I do like the idea of Ezra, you know, training Jason Syndulla, and, and I do like the idea of him, whether it's it's a Mara Jade character that he marries or if it's um, Sabine and Sabine somehow, you know, bringing the Emperor's hand back is a big deal. Bringing back Mara Jade in some way is I think something that people are interested in and and have talked about for quite some time. So there are still ways to do it with Luke Skywalker if they want to be bold enough and and go for it. You can definitely do it. There is actually. Uh, a path forward, and I can talk about that in, in a different podcast in a different setting. So if you guys want more on that, there is a way, and I will pencil it down f uh, for you guys, and uh, Disney can take it for free. I don't care because I want her back, and I, I would love to see it see it happen. But anyway, I think that it is, it's cool to explore the idea of people who are connected or near or around Emperor, Pal uh, Emperor Palpatine, and then having that connection to Thrawn, and having Thrawn come back as this Grand Admiral, and, and assuming control of 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 the empire and and sort of pushing it in a new direction like that is is so intriguing to me and i think thrawn then is going to reveal that he's not the threat that the empire's not the threat that they need to like kind of come together in legends they did that you actually had uh the ga the galactic alliance and you had the imperial remnant come together and they fought it they fought um a common foe right i mean invaders into the galaxy and all that kind of stuff so that would be just a really cool thing to see them pull back in. So anyway, thanks to Andrew. Appreciate that so much. This is awesome. 
Uh, just just love love talking Star Wars with you guys. And I tell you, I, I, we have a, a couple guests uh, that I have planned coming out, just some, some friends of mine and other uh, Star Wars podcasts. I'm looking to collaborate, by the way. If anybody is a Star Wars podcaster and you'd love to have me on or you want to come on the show, reach out to me. I've, I've always wanted to kind of collaborate with different uh, groups out there. So looking forward to those things in the future. We still have a lot of Andor left to cover and more exciting things with Tales of the Jedi, Bad Batch Season 2 coming out, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, the list goes on. So uh, just super excited. We also will start start dropping. I talked a lot about this the other day. Now that Rings of Power is sort of finishing up and my time there on Up Talking Tolkien is is going to come to a close for a little bit, uh, we are going to shift back into our Rebels rewatch so we can keep familiar with Star Wars and keep pushing her through uh, some of that animated series because she is my young Padawan and I am training her as best I can. And she did say uh, a time ago that she would finish what she started. And so we have started season one and we got a lot of emails just asking us if uh, if people just saying, hey, that you enjoyed that and you enjoyed those dives and you enjoyed the rewatch. So I would love to continue with that with with you guys. So if you see that dropped on the podcast feed, uh, you're going to see season one uh, of Rebels, and it's something that we've already pre-recorded. But and I'll even put a little little kind of audio reel in front of that to say that this was this was recorded uh, before. But it's just some extra you know content to put on the on the feed and to grow the podcast. And then also I would like to get us because we've we're all the way through episode. I think we're in episode two of season of season two. But we're going to go ahead and redo those first two, and we're going to do so. We're going to release season one that which we've already recorded, which is um, Rebels, and then we're going to dive into. Uh, season two of, of the Rebel Rewatch. So we'll we'll get into that. But all right, friends. Well, hey, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys. Love and Andor. Hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Send me those transmissions at Star Wars Hangout 77 at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us over on Star Wars Hangout on YouTube. We're up to 16 plus uh, thousand over there. And I think we're at 32,000 over on TikTok. So really enjoying those things and would love to sort of, if you guys have ideas, again, for videos or whatever it might be that gets featured in front of all those people and, and they enjoy it, they comment on it, and it's just a fun little little community. So, yeah. Oh, also, uh, don't forget to check out Shell Cottage Radio, our Harry Potter podcast and Harry Potter Hangout, uh, where we have, again, six-plus thousand uh, subscribers over there and, and, jo- and just enjoy making some content. Lottie has lined up some really cool guests for us in the future, uh, some other pretty big content creators and, and podcasters that we're going to have on that show. So really excited about that, and we've really upped the ambience soundscape over there. It's it's uh, It's been a blast. So, yeah. All right, friends. Hey, with that, thank you guys so much. And as always, may the force be with you. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.